This episode is sponsored by Frame.io, the modern video workflow redefined. Frame.io is a cloud-based collaboration hub that allows you to get feedback and approvals on your video quick and easy. I used Frame.io on a film I was editing and I can't express how easy and cool it was for a producer and director to see what I was working on and be able to review it in real time. Frame.io is not only web-based, it also works with Final Cut, Premiere, After Effects, and DaVinci. As a plugin that allows you to drop your video and timeline in a special bin that connects directly to Frame.io, where your collaborators can see their product. Have a project that you want your client to be able to see without having to export it six times? Click our link in the show notes section to get a chance to try Frame.io for 30 days free. Welcome to the Let's Talk Filmmaking Podcast, where we talk about everything filmmaking and creative. This is a very special episode. I had the opportunity to talk to Lawrence Jordan, a veteran motion picture film editor that has worked on many films and many TV series, films like Marlon Wayans' recent Netflix movie, Sex Tuplets, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, CSI Miami, NYPD, many, many shows. This man has edited in the film industry for a very long time, so if you're interested in learning how to edit films or television series, this is the episode for you. everybody i have a very special guest as i just said in the intro uh i have mr lawrence jordan now if you do not know who this is you need to especially if you're an editor i okay i'm not an editor but um (laughs) i edit a lot and i love the film industry and therefore this is a very big deal for me and this can be a very well should be a very big deal for you uh Lawrence uh kind of give people background uh of who you are and kind of like just in a nutshell uh you just did the uh Marlon Marlon Wayans sex sex tuplets I want to make sure I was like sex tuplets can I say that <laughs> uh, sex tuplets but that's like one of the like the one of the most recent things you've done you've done a lot of great work kind of give people a nutshell like uh you know, your background and some of the stuff you've done. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm an editor and, uh, I've been an editor for a long time. Uh, like you said, I just did, uh, most recently sex tuplets with Marlon Wayans and director Mike Titus for Netflix. Uh, it's the second Netflix film, uh, we all did together. The first one was called naked. And, uh, I've been with those guys for the last three films that I've cut. It's been a lot of fun. They're a great group. And um, they keep hiring me, so I'm not going to turn them down. Right? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, but you know, I started. Uh, I started really young. Uh, I was 19 years old. Uh, all I wanted to do was make movies. And uh, you know, I started out, uh, you know, driving a truck and being a PA and dropping off uh, film cameras for a camera company at first, and then I answered phones at an editorial rental house for a while. And then I got a job uh, with a trailer company, and I started learning editing on film. And uh, did that job for a couple of years and uh, got in the union, uh, which was really important because I wanted to work on feature films. And uh, then I got a chance to be uh, uh, like a schlepper, uh, 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 again, a PA, 
uh, well, actually, it was called Apprentice Editor at the time on a film called Terms of Endearment, which was really cool. And um, just kind of worked my way up from there. I mean, I worked my way up to assistant editor, then a first assistant editor, then associate editor, uh, then, a, you know, additional editor. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like the way it is. It's like you have to work your way up through the ranks in Hollywood uh, to become an editor. But uh, I always kept my focus. Even after being an assistant for 10 years, I was ready to make the jump. I was in my early 30s. And uh, what happened was film went away and digital editing came along. And, uh, you know, I saw the writing on the wall. I saw those green movieolas being dinosaurs and they weren't going to be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't going to be used much longer. Yeah. So yeah. I was one of the first guys to learn the Abbott, the media composer, the first digital editing system. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I became kind of an expert at it. You know, I really immersed myself uh, for almost a year learning the Mac, which was, Abbott was based on at the time only. And, uh, you know, I became the guy. And, and as fate would have it, I, I got lucky and... Uh, Stephen Bochco Productions, the guys who produced Hill Street Blues and uh, L.A. Law and a lot of famous TV shows back in the 80s and 90s, um, they needed some people to work on the Avid because they were converting over. They were one of the first episodic television series, network television series, to cut digitally. And they heard about me through the grapevine, and uh, I got the job, and... Uh, I stayed there uh, all hours and uh, proved my worth, and uh, they gave me a shot, and that's how I really started editing in uh, in TV. And then uh, I was working on a TV show that you know didn't run very long for the first season uh, that I worked with them, and uh, they liked my work so much they asked me to cut the pilot for a TV show called NYPD Blue, and. That was a pretty big one, you know, that got nominated for like 26 Emmys the first season. I got nominated for an Emmy Award, an Eddie Award, and uh, wow. I was off and running, man. You know, I just, uh, right place, right time, mm -hmm. loved editing, uh, understood digital technology, and uh, yeah, I went on. I, I you know, I, I cut some more features after that, uh, cut one, a little one for, uh, for Kiefer Sutherland. And then I uh, got asked by the guy who hired me on NYPD Blue to do his feature, Greg Hoblett, great director, uh, asked me to do Fallen with uh, him and Denzel Washington, which was uh, a real honor. You know, I was a young guy and I was like, whoa, this is fantastic. Uh, so we went to Philly for a few months and we shot it there and we finished it. And, uh, you know, and then I just kept rolling. You know, it was freelance life, so it wasn't always easy. Isn't always easy. Oh, yeah, especially editing. Yeah, you, know, you get your busy times, your feast and famine, but uh, I stuck it out. You know, a little bit later, I got um, offered a job as an additional editor with a great editor. His name was George Bowers. He was actually a director also. Uh, he asked me to come on as an additional editor on Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo with Adam Sandler and Rob oh, yeah. Schneider. Yeah, and <laughs> after that, my uh, career kind of took like a hard left turn into comedy. Um, and I got known as the comedy guy. So I started cutting a lot of comedies, you know, and uh, I just wanted to keep working. You know, I had a mortgage by that time and two mm -hmm. kids. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, uh, and the jobs were good and the people were nice and we had fun. I mean, no, it was crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
went on. I did a film called Are We There Yet with Ice Cube mm. and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, a couple of other things here and there. Uh, and then I fell in with Marlon and, and his crew. And uh, and here I am. That's uh, that's it in a nutshell. Man, look, first of all, that's a bunch of great information. I, I really love, like, the way you got into it. Uh, I, the last episode I spoke to is I, I know a young filmmaker named Egan. He is in Florida. He's actually moving soon to uh, Columbia. He is 20, and he has just done a documentary. Uh, wow. Yeah. Like, the way technology is, I know it's very much, it started different. I even said if if they were doing film the way they did back in the day with actual tape, I would not be doing it. <laughs> no. Um, you know, honestly, uh, I, I didn't like videotape at all. You know, I was a film guy, and that's how I came up. And videotape really scared me because it had to do with, like, numbers. And you yeah. couldn't just tear it apart. You had to, like, you know, you had to, like, record over things and stuff. And Very critical. Yeah, I was just, I was just like, that. that's not for me. So I stuck with film. And I was <laughs> hoping film would last forever. But then digital came along. And I was really good with computers. And... Uh, you know, I really enjoyed working on computers and I just, you know, it was it was just virtual film. You know, you could move stuff around. You can make a hundred different versions without having to send it out to a laboratory to make a 35 millimeter duplicate. So, yeah, I was like I was uh, I found my place. And, um, you know, along the way, because I love technology, I really uh, uh, I was into the Web and the Web was just kind of like coming into its own, starting out. And um, I created a, a site called Tupop.com, which was one of the first Final Cut Pro sites ever. And um, it took off. We created a big community. Uh, I became a consultant for Apple. I was like uh, helping them design the software. And, um, you know, so I did that like in between my editing gigs. And uh, that was a lot of fun, and I continued to enjoy uh, working on, on websites. I don't know if you know, but I created a, a course called Master the Workflow, which... Yes, and we, I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, we train assistant editors, uh, you know, online, and, you know, we've had a lot of success with that. So, you know, I, you know I, I'm a freelance uh, creative. You have to. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have to. That's, and, uh, you know, you got to have a couple of streams of income. Yes. <laughs> You know, you because you got to keep that uh, mortgage paid. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so like, I want to get you like, okay, so the way, one thing that made you st stick out was you said you already knew, you was already great at computers. So that transition to digital, you had a great lead start on that. Nowadays, we're getting a lot, of, a lot more alternatives to Avid, like we have... Uh, Premiere, you know, there's HitFilm, uh, DaVinci is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and, you know, there's a lot of other ones, and now there's just a spread, but I know film is still, Avid is still, like, top dog, at least in my opinion, Avid is still top dog, I have a, uh, I was an editor for four years at a news station, so I had the privilege of using Avid, um, every day and learning the in and outs and boy can i say it takes so many steps to do kind of like the simplest things but the way the interface is i and i also learned pro tools as well in college wow. so uh knowing those two things i can see why for film avid i would much prefer to 
edit a film in Aberdeen and something like Premiere? Uh, well, you know, Premiere is is really kind of uh, is really coming into its own right now. Also, uh, you know, a lot of people still use Final Cut, but having said that, for long form scripted uh, feature films and television, yes, Avid is top dog. It's the most uh, widely used uh, program in the professional market, whether it be in Hollywood or New York or L.A. or uh, or, or London. Uh, film editors who transitioned from film learned the Avid, so that first generation, you know, are really attached to it. However, we've got a whole new generation of editors coming up, and a lot of them, they were trained on Premiere. They were trained on right. Final Pro. So, um, you know, Avid has to, um, you know, stay competitive. They just released a new version of their software, which uh, I think attempts to do that. But, um, you know, I think you're right. You, you kind of got to know all the tools, you know. Uh, you know, along the way, I learned After Effects and, and Premiere and, you know, some of the, some of the visual effects tools that, that, you know, become very useful uh, in today's filmmaking environment because, geez, you know, Oh, you know, as as is evidenced by sextuplets, almost every film nowadays is a visual effects film. You know what I mean? Right, and that's that was another thing. Like when you was when you was editing uh, sextuplets, kind of get tell me the process of the uh, post production of because you know Marlon play is playing like what six characters, kind of like what you know Nutty Professor did you know back in the day with uh, um, well. You know, Eddie, Murphy. Eddie Murphy did and the yeah. professor of course you know that was a different style but like how is it different you know well good question and and you know it, that's one of the things that you know the director Mike Titus really wanted to uh, do was to make it different utilize the new technologies that have evolved since the time of Nutty Professor uh, one of them uh, the most primary uh, tool was uh, called the techno dolly and the techno dolly is a motion control dolly and 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 uh, rigging system that can repeat moves. So Mike was able to move the camera a lot in in shots, so it didn't seem so static, you know. And you weren't just doing a split screen or cutting back and forth from one character to the next. You had two, three, four, five, seven characters all played by Marlin in single shots. So um, you know we think that helped to make the film unique. But it also presented like an incredible set of editorial challenges that we had to kind of become experts at. And along with my visual effects editor, Jose Mara, who's, uh, you know, brilliant and creative and not only technical, but a storyteller, uh, we were able to, to do that. And, um, and you know, it, there was a learning curve, no question about it. But uh, once we kind of got over the hump, it was uh, it was just a ton of fun, and to think of all the things you can do with visual effects. I mean, I'm talking about not just you know having another person in there playing a, you know uh, the same person in there playing a different character, but you know using a an arm movement from a different tape, or you know an eye movement or a head movement. I mean, we placed uh, one of the characters was called Baby Pete, and he was a little guy, and we put Marlon's head on uh, a body double. <laughs> so we were doing some crazy stuff. We had almost a thousand visual effect shots in the film, and uh, 
You know, I mean, you, you think about it. This wasn't an Avengers movie. This wasn't a, you know, a, a Pixar movie. This was just a straight-up comedy with think, almost a thousand visual effects. Yeah, I'm about to say, I would think this would take. I would think this would take longer than a uh, Avengers uh, movie in some way, in terms of uh, getting those shots precise and also just the editing. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, and I haven't even mentioned that because it was an improv comedy, and you probably right. have a little bit of knowledge <laughs> about improv, you know, Marlon would do a joke, and he'd do it two or three different ways, and he'd read it four or five different ways, exactly. and he'd be cutting all that stuff together, trying to figure out what was the funniest way to go about it, and uh, in, indeed, the schedule as it was initially um, created did not leave enough time to do the show uh, in the... It, you know, in the time allotted. So we actually pushed the schedule twice and ended up cutting it for almost 11 months, almost a whole year. And, um, you know, we, uh, it was tight at the end, but we, uh, we did it. And, um, you know, I had a big crew at, at, at a certain point. We had a lot of people on and that's what you need. You need a lot of people all doing specific tasks and, uh, you know, focusing on, focusing on the, uh, the end game. And, uh, you know, that's what we do when we edit a movie. We, uh, we saddle up and uh, <laughs> do what it takes. Yeah, because I, I know just how Marlon is, like, with, especially with his improv and just him going off. And it seems like he just, it's just so natural to him. He probably yeah. doesn't even remember half of the stuff that he does. So Yeah. Uh, he takes the script as kind of like a blueprint, mm. and then he just riffs off there, man. You know, he's like a he's like a jazz comedian. You know, he, he is. He's a yeah, he, yeah. He's <laughs> and you know, I mean, there'll be time, but that's what makes it fun. You know, I'm sitting there exactly. watching times, and I'm like almost crying because I'm laughing so hard, and I'm just thinking, how are we gonna get all this in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing because man, this was funny. Now you're laughing. It's like, how am I gonna piece this together and make it work? Well, exactly. Like, okay, so that's 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 one thing about um, uh, let's talk filmmaking. I I do try to help people learn the secrets that people naturally wouldn't know. I didn't learn probably until like four months ago that if you really want to get into TV or film, you need to be part of a guild. Yes, and, and I'm like, okay. Because I'm in Louisiana, Shreveport. The no, the nearest thing I'm I'm close to is New Orleans, uh, right? And so like, and there's so many guild guilds that you have to like. Okay, what do I want to even be a part of? Now right. you you mentioned the course that you have, and I really want to uh, uh, touch on that because I think it's a wonderful thing and it's a great way to help people figure out is this what I want to do, or yeah. is this do I have, I don't like to say the skills, because you can learn the skills. Do I have the drive to do this and keep going with it? You're absolutely right, man. I mean, you know, because anybody can learn the skills, you know, but having the passion, you know, passion, like yes. I was sitting in the theater when I was 19 years old and I watched a film called Apocalypse Now at the Cinerama Dome at the midnight show uh -huh. and it was that crowd. And it was in widescreen, and I was just like, that's what I want to do, man. I want to make movies, you know. I want to edit movies, and I want to be able to move people and, 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 you know, have them experience, you know, have these experiences. So you've got to have that passion for filmmaking because I'll tell you something. Um, again, you can learn the skills, 
but it's a hard road. It's it a hard. Is. There's a lot of competition, and um, you know, the, if you don't want to do it, somebody else will. So you got to be committed. It's not like a nine to five job. It's the freelance life. It's a little bit like, uh, I guess, you know, what, uh, you know, people who used to travel with the circus used to feel. <laughs> and it's, it's quite lonely at times, too. <laughs> it can get lonely when you're looking for work and nobody's calling you back. Um, but, you know, uh, it's a certain, you know, I think that a lot of people who become editors or, or other crafts, you know, whether it be cinematographers or costume designers, production designers, you know, they just got something in them that says, you know, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to do, you, you know, and I'm going to work as hard and be as focused as possible to do that. So, um, yes, to answer your question, getting in the guild is important because the film industry is a guild based industry. You know, the IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical and Stage Employees, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you can work non-union, but um, you don't. Hard. You don't have the protections that uh, you get as as a you know a union member. Uh, you know we get health benefits. You know because I got into it early. You know thank goodness I've had health benefits my whole life, and um, you know that's an important thing in this day and age. And uh, I, you know uh, you don't get that from a lot of places. You don't get it from non-union shows. I mean you're on that for maybe you know whatever four, six, eight months, and then you're off and you're on your own again. So. The guild, uh, you know, has wage, uh, you know, wage guarantees and, and pension guarantees. Uh, it's it's much easier. Having said that, it's much easier to get in the guild, the editors guild these days than it was when I started. Um, you know, basically it was a closed shop, you know, and um, now you just need 100 days of pay stubs as an assistant editor. It can be on a non-union film. A lot of people, or TV show, a lot of people get it uh, through reality TV um, out here. Uh, and then you go to the union and you show them your pay stubs and you fill out an application and you pay your dues and you're in. So, um, you know, yeah, that, that's pretty critical. It's, a, it's an important component. But, you know, I, I spoke at an event just the other night and uh, I met two or three young people who just got in the union and they, you know, and they did what it took and... Uh, and they're in. So uh, once that's over, then you're, you know, again, you're guaranteed a wage. Assistant editors, you know, make uh, right around $2,000 a week. So uh, that's a nice wage uh, for all your hard work and sweat and grinding yeah. uh, for a PA or a truck driver or whatever you were doing to get to assistant editing. Right. Because it is work. Like, I think that's one thing people do forget that. Yeah, we are doing things we love, but oh my God, it's a lot of work, especially freely, freelancing. Like it, you, you're doing so much yourself. So, kind of tell me, what does your your course, uh, which I uh, I have here, um, master the workflow. master the workflow. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, uh, because uh, the film crafts have traditionally been kind of like a closed shop and old boys network. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, you know, it was really tough to learn, you know, those crafts. And yeah, you could go to film school, no question about it. And you could pick up some of the skills. But, you know, a lot of the things that are taught in film schools are pretty, you know, theoretical, let's say. Even right. 
even if you can get your hands on and, and maybe do some editing, uh, you know, a lot of times that doesn't come until you're in maybe an advanced program, like a master's degree or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but having said that, even if you've gone through those programs, what it's like to work in a real-world environment in Hollywood on a feature or a television show, it's a totally different animal, you know? So, uh, and that's not really taught anywhere. So my former assistant and I, who Richard Sanchez, who uh, we worked together on Naked, um, we came up with this idea that, uh, you know, it would be really great to help people get started and to, you know, learn the skills and not just the technical skills, but uh, the, the diplomatic skills you need to learn to work with creative uh, bosses and, and partners and stuff like that. Because, you know, that can be tricky also. They don't necessarily want uh, your opinion all the time. Or if they oh, do want your opinion, oh, yeah. they want you to lie to them. But they don't know they, they want you to lie to them. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, like any job. It's... You know, you got to learn how to navigate uh, the politics of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we talk, we teach everything. Well, let me backtrack a minute. I mean, I look at, at editing as 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 a technical, a creative, and a political craft. You know, you've got to have all three sides of that triangle. Great way to put it. And and that's what we do. We take people from you know pre-production. What does the assistant editor do in pre-production? What does the editor do in pre-production? And what are the meetings that you take? And who are the people that you have to meet, like, you know, the first week of the film or maybe even before the first week of the film? Meeting with your editor. What's the best way to, you know, sort of like meet their needs and see that, you know, help them see that you're the best person for the job. And so we start there and then we go through the process, man, from like first day of dailies how to deal with dailies, how to deal with different kinds of dailies, whether it's sunk by the lab or whether they're making you sink it yourself, mm. what you do when you encounter problems, all the way through the editor's cut, the director's cut, the sound turnovers, the picture turnovers, visual effects turnovers, the DI, digital intermediate, the mix, and then, of course, there's deliverables and uh, finishing, you know, uh, the studios now have a fairly strict or, you know, not maybe not strict, but fairly standardized delivery delivery requirements, thank you, um, that they, re you know, require you to give them um, because they're, you know, they, they could be uh, releasing the film in the theaters, uh, in streaming, and streaming could be like, you know, it could be in a whole different variety of formats. Yeah. And, and so, you know, again, we take you through the whole uh, through the whole enchilada. Uh, we also have a private students only uh, Facebook community where we um, answer questions and Richard's available to solve technical issues and, and you know, maybe work related job issues. And uh, we created a nice little community, man. We put over 400 people through the course in, uh, in the two years we've been uh, we've been doing it in over 40 countries. So wow. uh, much to our surprise, there's a lot more people out there in a lot more places that want to be film editors uh, than, you know, you might imagine. Yeah, it's a small niche, but uh, like, like you were saying, nowadays, people are learning editing in elementary school. They on, are. On iMovie, on Premiere. Yes, and simple apps on their phones. Yeah, so you've got these people coming in, and they've got this 
much, much greater fundamental knowledge than anybody from the day I, from when I started. Um, so, you know, it's an exciting time and there's a lot of people who want to, you know, be in the craft and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just really glad to help out. Um, uh, it's sort of a passion of mine. I've been a teacher at AFI and, and UCLA Extension. And, um, yeah, I just see this as kind of a continuation of that. Yeah, I can honestly say um, me being a filmmaker, I, I do not. I, unless it's a passion project, I, I will I don't know. I'll edit my own passion projects, but like some of just my client work, I'm like, uh, I gotta edit that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would much rather just have an editor that loves to edit and do it. And I hear that so often. And some people are scared to pull the trigger on that because you know they are like control freak freaks of you know this is my baby. I can't trust anybody to edit the way I want what it, wanted to edit. But yeah. I also hear a lot where they say, you'd be surprised what you will see people that love editing way more than you do can do with your project. Um, yeah. So like, I that's think one of the beautiful, that's one of the beautiful things about, about working with an editor an experienced editor is, uh, they'll bring a totally fresh perspective to, to the project. And um, they'll often see things that you haven't seen or you were too busy on set to see. You know, right. we go for little pieces, right. man. You know, we'll find like little little reaction shots, little nuggets, uh, you know, of gold. And uh, yeah, that's what we're trained to do. So uh, I, look, I respect uh, people who want to cut their own films. I think they're a little crazy because uh, you know that's a it's a whole it's a whole lot of. Uh, but you know, if you're on a passion project and you got the time, if you, you have the, the time. time. You know, uh, <laughs> and if you don't have 20, 30 other things you already have to do, so yeah, and you can afford it, um, <laughs> that's, that's great, man. Uh, editing is a great craft, and and you know, you you disappear into the zone when you edit, you know what I mean? It's like you 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 lose track of, of time and you turn around and whoa, it's, it's six o'clock and I haven't had lunch yet, and uh. You know, that's a real uh, gift in this life. You know, a lot of people, they go to work and uh, they're looking at the clock, just wondering when they're going to have to, you know, get to punch out. And, uh, you know, we don't experience that uh, that often as editors. You know, we're, we're too immersed in the in the flow, in the process, which is, uh, like I say, I, I, I feel that's a really, a really great gift. I, I totally agree. So, like, going back to your course, how can people uh, – find it where where is where does it have uh, where where can they access it um it's pretty straightforward it's called master the workflow.com uh we're online the course is 100 percent online so people who do have other kinds of work or jobs can do it at their own pace uh once you enroll as a student you're a student uh, of that course for life uh you have access to the materials and the private uh, Facebook group. Uh, we also provide Richard's custom-made FileMaker Pro database, which he's used on a number of films, including uh, Naked, and just recently he did Catch-22 for, for George Clooney, and uh, who produced that uh, for Hulu. Uh, you know, it's got a comprehensive uh, set of tools 
which help you track every piece of metadata and information that is part of the filmmaking process. And like I said, that's a critical element these days. I mean, a big part of the assistant's job is, is data wrangler because we're, we're dealing with uh, material from all kinds of different places, all different sources. Visual effects can get very complex. I mean, on, on uh, sex tuplets, we had, you know, seven, eight, ten layer visual effects. And, you know, you got to be able to communicate that with the visual effects department. And the digital code book uh, is what we call it. Uh, the FileMaker Pro database is is a tool that helps helps assistant do that in a really efficient way. And then when you're all done, you just turn that database over to the studio as part of your delivery requirements. And, uh, and it's all done you're good so um yeah uh come to mastertheworkflow.com check out we have some free materials there you can download to kind of find out what we're about and if you have any questions you just shoot us an email info at uh, mastertheworkflow.com uh and we're also starting to uh, I'm, I'm in the process of uh, putting together some youtube videos which will give people some more information on you know some of the skills we teach and some of the requirements uh, that you know help you become an assistant film editor, which is traditionally the best way to become an editor um, in Hollywood and 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 you know uh, features in TV. Uh, so so yeah, check us out, mastertheworkflow.com. So quick question: that everything you said turning into a studio would this be enough to become uh, to be to get into a, a editor's guild? The work the work that's in inside. Well, it teaches you the skills that you need to work in a union cutting room, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, but having said that, you still have to get your 100 days on a non-union picture working as an assistant editor. And like I said, you know, people can do it in a trailer company. People can do it in a promo company. They, a lot of people do it in reality TV, commercial companies. All you have to do is show that you've been paid for about a hundred, a uh, hundred days, which is what about, you know, three and a half months, uh, and uh, and then you can get in. But if you if you're taking the course, the set of skills that we teach is specific for scripted features in TV. It's a whole different set of skills that you're going to need for, let's say, cutting trailers or cutting reality, or cutting commercials. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Uh, which brings me to another question. Uh, for the freelancers that are, you know, have their own businesses, that shoot commercials for, uh, I guess, you know, small town, small, small town businesses, would that count into their hours? Or does it have to be like a marketing company or a production company that are doing it for, like, you know, uh, I guess either the same small town or a a bigger uh, doing it for a bigger entity. You know, I I tell you something. I'm not absolutely positive about that. I think there's some gray area. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that the uh, the organization that you know sort of like gets you on something called the roster, which uh, is like the union roster. You can get can get on it before you get in the or like as you're getting in the union. To say that you're qualified, I'm not sure. I, I, I you would have to check with them, but um, I would definitely have to look into that because that's a uh, nowadays that's where some people are 
doing because with this becoming a more and more of an entrepreneur uh you know society a lot yeah. of uh it, people my age are having their own you know companies they're doing commercials for people but if they want to be in the guild okay now they have to think about it do i want to continue on this road of entrepreneur and that be my main uh uh income and you know just my main thing i do every day or do i want to temporarily uh work at a production company you know and work you know do other people project that, that don't have my name included and unless you have you work for an awesome place um that will put yeah. your name on yeah. there so that's you know, that's why I asked that question, because that does um, bring me to that. Because I'm interested in, in uh, the Photographers Guild, the uh, DP Guild. So that's something yeah. that I will be looking into. Um, but I know I will have to work on, you know, certain sets to get that. Yeah, and, and, and the Photographers Guild has a, has a uh, cinematographers have a, a different set of requirements. So... I would definitely check with those guys to see what you know what they require to uh, to join the guild. Okay, cool, cool. I know, I know, I, uh, we have little little time, but I have a couple more questions. The la well, that question is: if you were to start over, yeah, what would you be using? What do you, if somebody is just starting, they want to edit? What do you think they will need to really get start started? Like, what editing system you would say to try? Uh, what what equipment? Well, if you want to get work in Hollywood uh, or any of the major film centers uh, around the world, uh, I still say learn the Avid. Uh, it's uh, used on probably 95% of all major films and television shows. So I would be um, remiss if I didn't tell you to go out and learn that system. Yeah, it's a little different, but honestly, I mean, young people... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, no, you're fine. You're y'all teach uh, avid in the uh, in the courts course or go over it as well. Yes, yes. Uh, the the course is taught on the avid. Uh, however, you know a lot of these skills can transfer to Premiere and to a lesser extent Final Cut. Right. I'm um, not sure about Da Vinci because I just haven't used it enough. I know that they came up with a new release, which has got some new features. But yeah, primarily on the Avid, definitely can apply those uh, those skills to Premiere. Um, and a lot of stuff is being done in Premiere now. I mean, Adobe's you know making a strong push uh, for the Hollywood market, and you know it's great. I love Premiere. I'm cutting it right now uh, on a small project. Um, you know, the thing, the big differences are our network storage and network sharing sharing of projects across a lot of people that uh, and avid, avid has that really nailed down you yes, know they, they really have, it's kind of bulletproof so again that's is a big trust factor for studios and when they're putting a lot of money into something so um yeah i'd say learn the avid and then learn as many other tools as you can you know uh premiere uh after effects photoshop you should be have some kind of skills at you should learn FileMaker Pro, learn how to, you know, manage a database. And, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think a person starting out now, uh, it would do them a lot of good. But, you know, do it, do everything. You know, I mean, look at YouTube these days. There's some fantastic filmmakers on YouTube. They are. And, uh, you know, make your own films. You know, even if you're going to be trying to get work as an assistant editor to work your way up the ranks, 
make your own little films and, and, and do your own little editing, uh, you know, projects. Those kinds of things are, are, are going to do nothing but help you uh, because you're practicing your skills uh, and, you know, they're going to come in handy. You're going to be solving problems that you're going to be solving in the real world. You know what I mean? And that's what editing oh, is. Boy. We're problem solving. You're, <laughs> yes, problem solving is probably, probably like 70% of what uh, you'll be doing in this industry. Um, right. That's cool. That's, that's cool. I definitely, I will have all the links down below with the course. Um, where they can find information just on you, just to follow you and your, your road. Oh, well, you know, you could, the, the about page, uh, at master of the workflow has, has a little bit of a bio on me, but, uh, you know, there's a pretty cool little video that, uh, someone made, uh, Sven Pape has a YouTube channel called this guy edits, and I can send you the link on that. He just did a little, um, a little, uh, you know, I don't think it's 16, 17 minute video on the process of editing septuplets, um, and you can check out my IMDb page. Uh, it's got all my credits there. Little, learn a little bit more about me. And uh, I'm around. You can just yeah. shoot me an email for sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the people that are going to be listening. Like, do you have, like, Instagram or uh, – I know you have Facebook because you have a group. Yeah, those... yeah, yeah. Master Workflow has both a public face group, Facebook group. Got almost three thousand people, uh, you know, in our community there, and then you know the uh, private students-only Facebook group has uh, about uh, four hundred some odd people there. Uh, on Instagram at Master the Workflow, we're also on Twitter at M Workflow. Uh, yeah, we're all over social media, and Master the Workflow is also on YouTube. We don't have that much right now. We got five or six videos up there, uh, but we're we're in the process of uh, churning out some more. Hey, well, hey. Use all them editors you got <laughs> to push out as much uh, videos as possible. Well, look, hey, you're talking to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, look, Lawrence, I'm very like, I'm very excited. I got a chance to talk to you. Uh, I think what you're doing is very amazing, amazing and inspiring. Um, definitely, I will email you and keep in touch. And hey, I definitely would love to have you back on the show uh, when you edit more, uh, do more projects. Hey, thank you so much, man. I admire what you're doing. I think that's, you know, it's it shows a lot of initiative, and I wish you the best of luck, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. All right. But, um, everybody, this is Lawrence Jordan. I'm going to have the links below to all his, uh, to his socials and his course that I definitely think you should check out because I'm a part of a lot of groups, but not a lot of them actually tackle Avid. And... In a lot of earlier shows, I do talk about how Avid is that editing system where it's like people don't want to touch it, but look, you just heard it. Like, if you want to be editing and film television, it has to be something you have to be, you know, have some knowledge. It's not that hard, you know. It looks weird, but it's not that hard. <laughs> it looks weird, but it's not that hard. You can do it. We'll see you all in the next episode. Until then, see ya.